0: Hello and welcome to Renewables Weekly, a podcast that covers all the major news concerning the future of American fueling. I am your host, Frank Huerta. If this is your first listen, uh, then welcome. You're in the right place. And thanks for checking us out. This first episode will serve as a launching pad of sorts for all new and even recurring listeners. What we hope to accomplish today is uh, to give you, the listener, a snapshot of the renewable fueling landscape in America as it stands on January 20th, 2022, which is when this episode was recorded. Uh, The landscape of American transportation and fueling is changing, and we felt uh, that there was a need for comprehensive coverage of those changes. And so before we get into all of the new and exciting things going on uh, day by day in the renewables world, um, we're going to give you a snapshot of... uh, Everything that is happening as of today. Uh, So we'll go over the uh, electric and hydrogen vehicles available, the electric electric vehicle charging stations, and hydrogen fueling stations. And uh, we're going to provide an aim to the future with the officially announced plans of both auto manufacturers and our very own United States government. So let's get right into it, and we'll start with electric and hydrogen vehicles. There were uh, 3,000 different passenger electric vehicles available for sale in 2021, and compare that to only 32 hydrogen electric vehicles available in the same year. A a quick aside, I say hydrogen electric uh, because hydrogen vehicles are really only just electric vehicles that get their power from uh, hydrogen oxygen reaction inside of a hydrogen fuel cell, Uh, whereas a traditional electric vehicle would plug into the electric grid and get their power from the electric grid, A hydrogen vehicle combines hydrogen with oxygen in a fuel cell, which provides uh, electrification to the battery, which then powers the car. So that being said, Hyundai, Toyota, Honda, and Mercedes were the only manufacturers to offer a commercially available hydrogen electric vehicle last year in the United States. According to Reuters, electric vehicle sales jumped in 2021 by 83%, totaling 434,879 electric vehicles sold. While this is encouraging news that helps support the upward trend that we all uh, see, this figure still only accounts for 3% of the total car sold in the United States. Tesla does not publish U.S. sales data, but uh, according to unofficial estimates, we have them placed at 360,000 electric vehicles sold in America in 2021, or roughly 82% of all U.S. EV sales in that calendar year. Hydrogen vehicles are becoming increasingly popular in California, where virtually all of the hydrogen fueling stations exist. But as of now, the numbers are not great. According to the California Fuel Cell Partnership Only 12,283 hydrogen cars have been sold in the United States dating back to 2012. So, over the past 10 years, only uh, about 12,000 hydrogen cars have been sold in the United States, which is a paltry number compared to uh, what we're seeing with EV. You're going to hear on this podcast and outside of it a lot of talk about which one of these renewable sources of energy is going to be the one that wins the day. Is it going to be electric? Is it going to be hydrogen? Uh, And and you're going to find people who say that it's going to be one or the other. If we're just looking at the raw data, obviously electric vehicles are the main passenger vehicle technology that we're progressing forward with. Where I think hydrogen might shine is in the medium to heavy duty vehicle sector, right? Uh, 18 wheelers, big uh, uh, trailer trucks, uh, anything with a cage on it. Big delivery vans, things like that, uh, where they can't wait very long to have their batteries charged, and they need a quick fill-up uh, that is reminiscent of gasoline. So that was the information on vehicles. Let's take a look at the current infrastructure of both electric vehicle charging stations and hydrogen fueling stations in the United States. As of January twentieth, twenty twenty-two, there are forty-six thousand. 456 electric vehicle charging stations. That includes both level two and level three chargers. We will do an entire episode dedicated on what in the heck is a level two charger and what is a level three charger. But for uh, right now, uh, we'll say that level two chargers are quote unquote slow chargers, and they get you a full charge between six and eight hours. And level three chargers are fast chargers, DC fast chargers, and they'll get you a full charge in about an hour. So that's the difference between those two. Moving over to hydrogen fueling stations, there currently sits 48 hydrogen fueling stations in America, and all 48 of them reside in the great state of California. There are others. I I used to work for a company, Air Products that was based out of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Air Products sells the molecule hydrogen. They isolate it and sell it. And they had a hydrogen fueling station at their location in Allentown, Pennsylvania. This data is for publicly available hydrogen fueling stations only. And of the publicly available hydrogen fueling stations, 48 of them exist in the United States and all 48 in California. So we've given you an idea of uh, where the vehicle sales are for renewables in America. We've given you an idea of where the infrastructure sits currently. And now we're going to provide to you a list that is by no means comprehensive or exhaustive. But it is a list of select auto manufacturers and their plans for the future. The reason this list is not exhaustive is because every single one of the major car manufacturers that sell vehicles in America. And that is not hyperbole. Every single company has plans to do one of the following, either replace their internal combustion engine vehicle offering with electric vehicles, or mirror their internal combustion engine offerings with electric vehicles. Either way, electric vehicles are solidified in the plans of major car manufacturers, starting with Jaguar. They have plans for full electrification of all vehicles starting in 2025 and completed in 2030. Volvo has plans for electric only offerings by 2030. The Hyundai Group plans for 44 all electric Hyundai, Kia, or Genesis models by 2025. Ford Motor Company has plans for 16 fully electric vehicles and 40 electrified vehicles through 2022. The difference here between electric vehicles and electrified vehicles is plug-in hybrid models. These are cars that use gasoline, but also use electricity as a supplement. GM has plans for 20 all-electric vehicles by 2023, zero internal combustion engines by 2035. Volkswagen plans to eliminate All internal combustion engine production by 2026. Toyota plans for 70 electric models by 2025. Zero internal combustion engines by 2040. And Lamborghini has plans for all electric models by 2024. Again, if you didn't hear an auto manufacturer that you were hoping to hear on that list, rest assured their plans look very similar to the ones that I just laid out. Uh, That was eight of them major auto manufacturers that sell cars in America. And I will repeat it because it bears repeating every single auto manufacturer has plans for electrification. So this list here uh, was was shown to me in January of 2020 during a training. And it really opened my eyes because there's a quote out there it goes something like, and I'm paraphrasing, but it goes something like, the best way to predict the future is to create it so for anybody who has doubts about whether or not we are going to be going electric here in america i can assure you that the people that matter the most in this discussion which are the folks that are building the vehicles themselves say yes we are we are going electric to that point the revolution of american fueling infrastructure is not necessarily coming it's here It's just a matter of time. I think in about two to three years, there's going to be a moment where we collectively look around and say, whoa, what in the heck is going on? Because we're going to be seeing so many electric vehicles on the road. We're going to be seeing so many electric vehicle uh, charging stations in basically anywhere that you can park a vehicle. So that covers the auto manufacturer's plans. Let's uh, turn our eye to the federal government. If you remember way back in the fall of 2021, there was an infrastructure bill passed by the House and Senate signed into law by President Biden. And its focus, among other things, was on the future of American infrastructure, which includes uh, a plan to build a network of 500,000 charging stations. If you remember, uh, we spoke about how many charging stations there were in America today, and it's 46,000. So they want to build roughly 450,000 more charging stations and make electric vehicles accessible to all Americans for both local and long distance trips. And that's important. So uh, full disclosure, when I'm not podcasting, I do have a regular job, a nine to five, if you will, I am the manager of the renewables division of an equipment distributor. And what I do is provide a turnkey solution, for businesses that are looking to install electric vehicle charging stations. This was the biggest reason why I wanted to start this podcast in general. It's because I'm coming across uh, so much of this information. It's a landscape that's changing rapidly. You know, week by week there is new things that pretty much just rock the foundation of what we thought this renewable fueling infrastructure is going to look like. So I wanted to bring that information to you, the listener. Uh, because it's important. And uh, if you're not hyper focused into the renewables uh, sector of America, then you probably would miss a lot of this stuff. So hopefully I'm bringing some value to you. But I only bring that up to tell you that th- the words put in this infrastructure bill, access to all Americans for both local and long distance trips. The, one of the biggest things that I get asked about when talking and selling electric vehicle charging stations is how fast will this charge? how many miles will i get for this you know w- what is it what is it going to take for me uh, to get to work and to home and back without having to worry about if i'm going to run out of electricity what i say to to potential or existing customers is the range for these vehicles is as good or even better than you would get with gasoline the problem is where do you charge right there's gas stations on every corner of america i don't know what the official Number is I don't even know if it's a law, but I don't think you can go 50 miles anywhere without finding a gas station. So it's it's really important to have that that infrastructure in place uh, if you're going to turn over the the fueling landscape of America. Uh, anyway, con- continuing on with this bill, it includes five billion dollars for formula funding for states with a goal to build a national charging network. Right, kind of like what we just talked about. We need to have electric vehicles, every, or excuse me, electric charging stations everywhere uh, in order for people to feel comfortable to purchase an electric vehicle versus uh, a gasoline-powered vehicle. There's also $2.5 billion set aside to support rural charging and improve local air quality and increasing EV charging access in disadvantaged communities. That's another really big key point. I deal a lot with grants for purchasing, and installing electric vehicle infrastructure. And there is a hyper-focus on rural, disadvantaged, and poor air quality communities, specifically these disadvantaged communities. And uh, California has their own way of determining which communities are, quote-unquote, disadvantaged. But if you happen to be in a disadvantaged community, the reason... Why the focus is on you outside of like equity and equality and all of that is that these communities tend to be far more dense than other affluent communities, meaning people are living on top of each other in an apartment complex, in a townhome, in a, in a, co- a condo complex, what have you. It, the, the communities are dense with people. And so, sort of like my situation here in San Diego, where I live, I live in a place where it's the street the sidewalk and then my home no driveway right so it's just street sidewalk home i couldn't plug in an electric vehicle into my home even if i wanted to my workplace doesn't have an electric vehicle charging station and so i would have to rely on the current network of uh, ev charging stations in order to get by if i wanted to drive an electric vehicle i have no doubts that i could do that it wouldn't be that hard at all however these grant programs are trying to make it stupidly easy uh, to find an electric vehicle charging station, so that there is no fear of running out of juice or not being able to charge or having a dead battery. So the focus of uh, not not only these grant uh, programs, but also the federal government and and these these words that I'm speaking about here about uh, focusing on rural communities and disadvantaged communities and uh, uh, poor air quality communities, is coming straight from the White House. The fo- the focus of these communities is uh, to get the densest population turned over from traditional internal combustion engines to electric vehicles. Because if you could turn them over, then you can theoretically turn any community over uh, to electric vehicles. And you need to put the cart before the horse, right? Like there's no way around that you need to have the infrastructure in place in order for people to feel comfortable buying the vehicles that run off of renewable energy. So I don't believe it is uh, hyperbole at all to say that uh, the government and this current administration is taking the electrification of America seriously. They've even uh, established a new federal office, which, depending on who you ask, may not be a great thing. But uh, it's the Joint Office of Energy and Transportation, uh, headed by Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm and uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, uh, you know they're they're really they're really pushing forward here, and and I think that what is going on in my home state of California is going to be uh, what sets the table for the rest of the country in in terms of renewable fueling and the the future of American fueling. Uh, here in California, there is a mandate that all New car sales by 2035 have to be of a renewable source of energy. So if you wanted to buy a new vehicle in the year 2035 or beyond, uh, it cannot be powered by gasoline. And you can see the federal government shared that same sentiment. Recently, President Biden laid out some goals for uh, 50% of all new cars sold in America to be of a renewable source of energy by the year 2030. And some people are not believers in that. Some people poo-poo that. Some people say that uh, we're moving too fast and it's never going to work. And then the question comes up, are we going to move away from petroleum altogether? If we do, it's suicide. We're going to be shooting ourselves in the foot. And uh, there's a big scare. And and, and if that's your thinking and you're listening to this and, and, and you're sharing those same sentiments, I don't want to dismiss those. I do think that they're valid. Now, I mentioned previously that I work for a distribution company. This distribution company cut its teeth, uh, cut its teeth. It's, it's over 100 years old. Its core competency is building gas stations, right? If you wanted to build or maintain a gas station, you give us a call and we provide you the equipment. So we're very well versed in the gas station business. 90% of my time is dealing with renewables and EV charging stations, but about 10% of my time is still in the gas station world, and so uh, I'm privy to both ends of the spectrum. Now, imagine you've owned a gas station for 20, 30 years, and that's all you've ever known, and you've done very well with that gas station. There's a lot of money in gas stations. You would probably be inclined to say, "Yeah, this stuff is not going to work," and you'd want to fight tooth and nail to make sure that you're protected. In your current business, and to that point, I, I do believe that uh, gas stations and retail petroleum fueling is going to be around for some time longer. Even if we stick here in California to our strict mandate that no new car sales after 2035 come from uh, petroleum-based vehicles, there's still going to be uh, a generation of petroleum-based vehicles that need to be turned over in the used car market. So, um, because just because the electric revolution, if you will, is here and coming. And there's solidified plans with all these auto manufacturers and the government and and tons of investment into renewable energies. Uh, The transition, I do believe, will will take some decades to fully complete, not to mention the overwhelming challenges that come with uh, this endeavor that we're undertaking. It's not just making people feel comfortable about having the correct mileage to get from A to B or to take a long trip and make sure they have places to charge and make sure that electric vehicles are affordable, all that is important. There's also very serious questions being raised about how we source the materials to make the charging stations, to make the vehicles themselves, and there have been reports out there that it's not very pretty how that's done. And there's some people out there that will tell you that we are just taking uh, one problem, which is greenhouse gases and uh, petroleum. And we are replacing it with a new problem, which is sourcing lithium ion uh, batteries in uh, poor communities or poor nations and and taking their resources or that we're relying too much on fossil fuels to power uh, the current grid. And then we get into the conversation about the grid. How is the grid going to handle all of this, right? Uh, You have uh, some pretty uh, wicked cold weather in Texas, and you have blackouts. I can tell you from experience, when the wind blows too hard in Southern California, uh, you're liable to lose energy for a little while. So the plans are to take the whole of America's vehicles and change them into electric vehicles that would be plugged into the grid. All of these concerns are Valid, and they will need to be addressed one way or the other. I do not claim to have all the answers to these questions, but we certainly hope to address them in the coming weeks as the show progresses. But but there's a couple things that I'd like to to address right off the, right off the jump, and and one is that yes, we do need to stop using petroleum as the number one f- source of fuel for transportation. That is a no brainer, and. I don't think you're going to find an audience here that's going to entertain anything different, right? You can argue or you can bring up an argument about how fast we do it and if it's possible in the time frames that we're laying out. And those are all, you know, valid conversations. But the fact remains that we we certainly do need to stop using fossil fuels, petroleum, digging carbon up from underneath the ground, burning it, and then allowing for carbon to uh, be emit in mass into the atmosphere. That does need to stop two, I will never underestimate the power of American ingenuity, particularly in something as grand scale as this. So in the future on this podcast, and otherwise, I think you're going to hear a lot of different things that you may not be uh, comfortable with, or, or that you may have not heard before things like grid 2.0, right, the next version of the American electrical grid, these are things that are going to need to to happen. There's no question about it. And I don't think that's lost on the powers that be. I think this infrastructure bill here is a very good start, a very good step forward in the process of turning over the American fueling and uh, transportation infrastructure over to renewable sources. It's definitely put everybody on blast, particularly the electrical utilities, because they now know that they are going to be creating a lot of demand, right? They have a vested interest in selling you as much electricity as possible. And a great way to do that is to get everybody to plug in to an electric vehicle charging station. They're acutely aware of their uh, shortcomings when it comes to the grid. So there's going to need to be major infrastructure investments. And I don't think that we're not Capable of it, I, I I firmly believe that we have the power, the ingenuity, the technology, the brains, and and the the willpower to get this done. And above and beyond that, there's going to be some really interesting concepts like blockchain energy, uh, where the energy utilities no longer are your main seller of energy. It's going to be peer to peer energy sold on the blockchain. I'm not even going to get into that right now. These are just ideas that are being thrown out there. And and I think the sooner we all get on the same team and this we all buy into this program and we all put our, our energy forward to to help make this happen, the quicker and, and less painless that it's going to be. To that point, uh, I'm here to uh, help ease any uh, concerns and answer any questions. So if you have uh, something that you'd like to hear about on this show, please feel free to drop me uh, a line at any time. You can reach me at bummerdude.media at gmail.com that is bummerdude b-u-m-m-e-r-d-u-d-e dot media at gmail.com and let me know what you think uh, thanks for tuning in today uh, we appreciate it and certainly uh, look forward to talking to you in the future renewables weekly is a bummer dude media production copyright bummer dude 2022